You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. This week we heard that Tucker Carlson had been canned After years of spewing out his toxic brand What took so long is what I fail to understand There must be 50 reasons to fire Tucker Fox isn't saying why he had to be dismissed But with those texts we've seen it's clear that Rupert Murdoch's really pissed More crap is coming out Now there's an even longer list of over 50 reasons to fire Tucker 50 reasons to fire Tucker He's such a sexist jerk at work All the hate he's said and spread He's a fawning chump for Trump And attacks anything woke Fake conspiracies, please The whiny high laugh at More damaging texts are next his career's up in smoke He said women are slow to slow He's an anti-Semitic twit And a homophobic rude dude So many folks he smeared Dictators of prisoner days Midgets and their junk bunk Obsessed with M&M's to him The guy is weird Really weird Each show he spewed Another sexist racist screed He's been particularly vile to Joy Reid But she put Tuckums in his place, so yes indeed She's laid out 50 reasons to fire Tucker Hard to keep track of all the awful things he said That got him fired from every other major network So we read But he can work for Russian state TV instead The only one that wouldn't fire that f***er 50 reasons to fire Tucker Such a sexist jerk at work 
All the hate he said and spread He's a fawning chump for Trump Attacks anything woke Fake conspiracies, please The whiny high laugh act More damaging text next His career's up in smoke Said whether it's slow or slow He's an anti-Semitic twit And a homophobic rude dude So many folks he smeared Dictators of praise for days Men should tan their junk bunk Obsessed with them and ends again before you go, one quick favor. If you're enjoying these videos, I hope you'll consider supporting them through my Patreon. Mm -hmm. First little is $2 a month. That way you can enjoy them without feeling guilty about how hard I work every week to keep you laughing at the news that would otherwise make you cry. Thanks. Lauren Mayer, everybody. Oh, where's my applause? There we go. Um, all right. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to a brand new week, a brand new month. It's May Day, May Day, May Day, International Workers Day. Um, uh, lots of reasons to be <laughs> thankful and a bit leery today. Um, so I'm here. Yes, I had a, I had a, no, I haven't taken a hammer to the old computer yet because there's still some stuff on it that I have to get off. But, uh, I, I do have the new computer all hooked up. Um, so if anything malfunctions today, it's not because the computer is jamming on me. It's not because the gremlins are in the computer. Nope, this one's clean and beautiful and not overloaded yet. <laughs> and no gremlins in there yet. But, you know, th to hook it up so that we are on the Progressive Voices channel. I hope we're on Progressive Voices. Somebody check and please tell me. I'll have to. Oh, shoot. I, I know I, I got. There we are. Um, I don't see anybody in the uh, in the chat over there. But it appears that we're there um, at, uh, 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 hopefully, you guys can let me know, I suppose. <laughs> I'm sure you will if something's not working. Um, so it's just whether or not I got everything hooked up and all the right plugs and the right inputs and outputs and all that stuff. Lots, 50 ways to fuck up my studio. So we'll see. Knocking on wood laminate and, and hope. And Mercury goes direct in four days. Thank you for that, David. That's a good thing because I'll tell you, this Mercury retrograde really messed with me. And I didn't even realize that Mercury was in retrograde, but it made sense. Oh, no, we don't come out until May 16th. And that's not a good thing. So let me tell you right now, Friday, I'm not going to be here because we're going to New Orleans. Going to New Orleans... It's the second weekend of Jazz Fest. I've never been, never been to Jazz Fest, never been to New Orleans. But we are going because my friend Judith Owen is performing. She is kicking off the U.S. tour for her new album, which is just so brilliant. And I'm going to tape an interview with her on Sunday. So uh, her show is Saturday afternoon at, at Jazz Fest. So I'm, I'm kind of excited. But it'll be my first time on a plane since the pandemic. Um, so, yeah, a little nervous, but, you know, we'll get there. So I'm trying to trying to get everything. Oh, May 16th, now you're telling me. Okay, so either way, we're screwed because Mercury will be retrograde at least for the next uh, 15 days, next two weeks, and we'll deal with it. But at least it won't be the new computer that <laughs> screws up on me, maybe, if we're lucky. All right, so did you watch any um, of the White House Correspondents' Dinner. You know, this is another thing that has been a tradition. It's kind of, it, there's something kind of creepy about it because it is, 
the government and the press getting a little too chummy. But after the four years we had with the former guy in there who called the, the press the enemy of the people, I was ready for a little kumbaya moment. And that's sort of what we got. Actually, what we got, the comedian was Roy Wood Jr., who was good. You know, he 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 didn't ruffle too many feathers. He didn't have the right freaking out the way Michelle Wolf did or... I still go back to the classic, Stephen Colbert. And that, you know, it was the year that Obama was running. So it was um, 2008, the 2008 election into 2009. David and I had just started dating the end of August, beginning of September of that year. And um, so I remember it kind of clearly. Uh, And and, um, um, at the time, I was the token liberal on a right-wing, you know, talk station, because that's all they have down here in South Florida. Um, and it's not conservative talk. It's not, um, you know, Republican talk. It's right-wing hate talk. But anyway, I was the, I was the um, token liberal on for the couple of weeks leading up to the election and for the day after. And then they, I was out after, especially after Obama won. Oh, my God. I got into it with Dennis Miller on their air the morning after Election Day. But the day after the White House Correspondents' Dinner, I came in, and I'm high. I'm just, like, high on life because Colbert was so brilliant. And they were all like, he was horrible. Can you believe what he said? And I just took great pleasure in that. Anyway, um, we're going to start off with a phone call. Gregory from Illinois. Is that you? Yes, this is me. How are you, sister? I'm okay. How are you, brother? I'm great. I'm great. Hey, you know what? I laughed my butt off that night. <laughs> uh, Roy, well, the, the president took himself down, and then uh, Roy Wood um, Roy, came in hard. Roy Wood was funny, but um, my, my yeah. the point I'm trying I cut myself off is that Joe Biden was on. He, I thought, yeah, he, he nailed he it. He took himself out. He did. He, <laughs> he just t- nailed it. He did exactly what he needed to do. Yeah, it was hilarious. I enjoyed it so much. Um, I'm glad to see you looking a little better. You oh, thank like you. You're feeling a little better this week. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I took Friday off. My Allison, yeah, my daughter Allison, um, now she her work schedule changed. It used to be her days off were um, Thursday and Friday, or Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday, oh, okay. and Friday. So I was always working. Well, now she's off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we got to hang out this weekend. We went out. We were going to go out uh, kayaking, and the weather was bad. So we just spent the day together on Friday. You and know what? Like, it did well, me a world of good. I know you're not a. I know you're not a religious person. No, but, you no. know, I have. I haven't been for years. So, but I, I have been going to a church for a couple months and. Uh, like I enjoyed my time with them yesterday. Good. Whatever and, works uh, for you, you know. But, Whatever works yeah, but for it's you. It's cold here. It's like damp and Well, you're in Illinois. <laughs> no, but it's been like 70 degrees every other. It's going to be 70 degrees yeah. that, uh, later on this week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, yeah. It's yeah. Ridiculous. It is. But I just want to say that it was it was hilarious. So I enjoyed it. Well, good. I'm going to I didn't pull because we have a guest coming up to to I'll, I'll get to in a bit. But um, I only have a few minutes. So I, I thought we would relive some of the high points from Joe Biden's speech because he was yeah, that good. Yeah. Right. So yeah, he was. All good. right. He was good. So we'll do that. Um, uh, Greg, it's nice to hear from you. All right. Love you. Thank you. Love you, too. Thanks for calling. Bye. And that's the way to start off a week and a month.
and a new attitude. All right. So Joe Biden, Joe Biden, you know, he, he started, he came like out of the box and started with the, you know, the self-deprecating humor and he did it so well. Don't you think? Um, let's start, let's start with this clip. Um, take it away, Joe. I think. This is not your father's press from 20 years ago. No, I'm serious. And you all know it better than I do. But still, it is absolutely consequential and essential. After all, I believe in the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. Not just because my good friend Jimmy Madison wrote it. (laughs) That was the best line of the night. I'm telling you, that was the best line of the night. James Madison, for those a little slow on the uptake. No, Jimmy Madison. <laughs> a lot of ways, this dinner sums up my first two years in office. I'll talk for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was one. All right, so I've got a bunch of clips, so we'll just do this for a little while. Well, then, um, okay, we're just going to go to the Tonight, next one. Unlike last year, Brittany Griner's here with her wife, Cheryl. Brittany Griner was there. Brittany, where are you, kid? Stand kid. up. He kept on. calling her kid. This was sweet. It was actually very I nice. Love this woman. Love you, Brittany. This time last year, we were praying for you, Brittany. Yeah, we were. Hoping you knew how hard all of us were fighting for your release. It's great to have you home. And boys, I can hardly wait to see you back on the court, kids. Remember your promise I get to bring my granddaughter, my all-state girl, to see you, right? Because You know what? He looks genuine there. He sounds genuine there. A total contrast to the other guy, you know, the former guy. Um, all right, next up. You Sam over the hill. You Sam over the hill. Well, yeah. Don Lemon would say that's a man of his prime. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Folks, it's wonderful to be back here again. Proving I haven't learned a damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) I want everybody to have fun tonight, but please be safe. If you find yourself disoriented or confused, it's either you're drunk or Marjorie Taylor Greene. Boom! That was awesome. (laughs) There's a woman that they're showing on the screen who didn't appreciate that one. I love NPR. Because they whisper into the mic like I do. They do. They talk like this. Sweaty balls. But not everybody loves NPR. Elon Musk tweeted that it should be defunded. Uh Uh-huh. Well, the best way to make NPR go away is for Elon Musk to buy it. (laughs) That's true. It's true. It's true. And that's more true than you think, anyway. Well, it's, it is true. This. Oh, okay, next. Vaccinated the nation. Oh, oh talking about all his accomplishments here. Earned historic legislative victories and midterm results. Uh huh. 
But the job isn't finished. No. I mean, this finished for Tucker Carlson. Oh, yeah, I got to back that up now because, sorry, I got to back that up because Robert, Robert, you call it the worst times. All right, so we we stepped on the punchline there. Here we go. Oh, wait a minute. What are you warning about? Uh, okay, I mean, back it up further. It is finished for Tucker Carlson. <laughs> it is. Fi- ah, you know what? I still got to back up. Sorry. Legislative victories and midterm results, but the job isn't finished. Job isn't finished. I mean, it is finished for Tucker Carlson. <laughs> there you go. Had to get the full thing out. Had to. What just are you had to. about like that? <laughs> like, you think that's not reasonable? Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. Look. Give me a break. Like I often say, don't compare me to the Almighty, compare me to the alternative. Okay. We added 12 million jobs. That's just counting the lawyers that def- defended the president. Ooh. <laughs> At Ron DeSantis, I had a lot of Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis jokes ready. But Mickey Mickey Mouse beat the hell out of me and got there first. You know, he's fucked it up a couple of times, but it still worked. (laughs) Now, look. Can't be too rough on the guy. No. After his re-election as governor, he was asked if he had a mandate. He said, hell no, I'm straight. (laughs) I'm straight. Give me time to think that one through. Yeah, we got it. We got it, Joe. Got it, Joe. You got yeah. it? Got it. Got it, got it. Look, y'all keep reporting my approval ratings at 42%. But what do you, but I, I think you don't know this. Kevin McCarthy called me and asked me, Joe, what the hell's your secret? <laughs> I'm not even kidding about that one. Uh-huh. Not even kidding about that one. The speaker's trying to claim a big win this week. But the last time Republicans voted on something this, that hapless, yeah. it took 15 tries. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. Oh, and then the crowd groans. They groan. Um, did, oh, I did that one. Look, okay. Oh, wait. No, no. Wrong, hold on. Wrong one. We, we gotta, hold on. This we one first. Last year at this dinner, a poison is running through our democracy. Yeah. And parts of the extreme press. Truth buried by lies and lies living on as truth. Hmm. Lies told for profit and power. Lies of conspiracy and malice repeated over and over again. Designed to generate a cycle of anger, hate, and even violence. A cycle that emboldens history to be buried, books to be banned, children and families to be attacked by the state, and the rule of law and our rights and freedoms to be stripped away. Yeah, that's not funny. And we're elected representatives of the people are expelled from state houses. Not funny at all. Standing for the people. I made clear that we know in our bones and you know it too. Our democracy remains at risk. Yeah. But I've also made it clear, as I've seen throughout my life, it's within our power 
each and every one of us to preserve our democracy. Yeah. We can. We must. We will. I'd like to make a toast if I had a glass. <laughs> he got serious for a moment there, and that's okay, because things that needed to be said. My grandfather, Ambrose Finnegan, said, if you ever make a toast without looking, you got a hole in your left hand. I don't know I don't why think that's I'm funny, kidding, I'm but not. I guess it's funny. I don't know. I'm probably the only Irish you've ever met who's never had a drink in his life. Anyway, I'd like to make a toast, seriously. At this inflection point in history, let us commit that we'll be a nation that will embrace light over darkness, mm-hmm. truth over lies, please, and finally, 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 restore the soul of the nation. Here, here. Here, here. Oh, so there, there wasn't, I thought there was a joke there. But then he ended it. He ended it in classic, well, just see. Oh, Look, this, one, this one. Sorry, this one. I'm going to uh, turn this over to Roy. Okay. Roy. Roy, what you is yours. I'm going to be fine with your jokes. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure about dark branding. <laughs> That was the way to end it, with Dark Brandon putting the glasses on, and Dark Brandon just ruled. That was pretty damn awesome. But I'll tell you what, you know, we started the show today with Lauren Mayer. Um, I think we may need to end it with Lauren Mayer, and actually, this is a... um, uh, is a song that I found today by mistake. I wasn't looking for it, but it it showed up on my on my um, feed, and I listened to it. Now, Lauren Mayer has been doing her um, songs, her comedy songs, for uh, longer than I knew. Uh, she's been doing it for a long, long time, and this one takes us back seriously to 2012. You'll see our friend Lauren. As much younger than, than um, we recognize her, uh, but that's okay uh, because she still rocks. So from 2012, uh, a, a prescient Lauren Mayer. Take it away, Lauren. There's a candidate I elect, but this poor guy gets no respect. That's why he's in such a fix, the Rodney Dangerfield of politics. He's in the shadow of Obama and all that Romney campaign drama. Paul Ryan might be a steadily flirt, but Joe's who I want to see without a shirt. Oh, no, 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 He's no, no, so no. nice and he's so wise. See those sweet yet steely eyes on the side of working folks and tends to tell real awkward jokes, which shows he's just like us. No wonder I get amorous. Oh. So I love my steely-eyed Joe. <laughs> Who knew? He trips over his tongue, of course, and sometimes forgets to cite a source. Or blurts out stuff prematurely, like the thing with marriage equality. Oops. Ever since he started in Delaware, a worthy cause, and Joe's right there. Women's rights and health care reforming, and he's concerned about global warming. He's so nice and he's so wise, got those sweet yet steely eyes on the side of working folks and tends to tell real awkward jokes, which shows he's just like us, no wonder I get amorous. Oh, I love him so, I love my steely-eyed Joe. Uh, There's weird. no hiding, <laughs> I love Joe Biden. Okay. 
Lauren Mayer from 2012. Just so you know, she's been doing this for a long time. Okay, so um, we do have a guest coming up, as I told you. You know, it's hard to keep track of everything that's going on uh, in the world of the investigations of the former guy. This is today's um, show card. I put up a, a card every day to sort of promote what we're going to be talking about. And this is a graphic that I saw on MSNBC uh, a week or so ago that it outlines, it details the, I think most of, the civil and criminal investigations of Donald Trump. It starts, well, there's a circle with the, the former guy in the middle. Hush money, election interference, Trump org fraud, classified documents, uh, January 6th, E. Jean Carroll um, uh, civil cases and you know the circle goes around so in just a moment we're going to speak with Terry Canfield who has been doing just an amazing job um, covering a lot of these investigations it's hard to keep them all straight so we're going to speak with her in just a moment uh, before we do I just got to tell you about my my smoothie of the day so this again is a coffee drink you got a whiskey drink You got a coffee drink. Well, this is a coffee drink. No whiskey today. Um, Because I need that mid-afternoon pickup. So uh, uh, it is coffee, leftover coffee from this morning, along with a little bit of cacao powder, a little bit of sweetener, stevia, a lot of ice. And, um, And I blend it up, and it's better than any smoothie you can get and pay way too much for from Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or any of those other places. And the beautiful thing is you make it yourself so you know exactly what's in it. You can make healthy, um, uh, crave-satisfying smoothies in your own home with your own BlendJet, too. You go to BlendJet.com. Use the promo code FEEDME12. You'll get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. And you can get really creative. We are, it's now spring Sometimes it feels like summer, but it's spring. And um, all the fruits are coming into season. I love berries. I make the best blueberry, strawberry, vanilla smoothies. Again, get creative with your own BlendJet, too. Go to BlendJet.com. Use the promo code FEEDME12. Get uh, free two-day shipping and 12% off your entire order. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, uh, I can bring in our guest. Now, Terry Kanefield joined us, um, I want to say a few months ago. And and I remembered our conversation because it was so enlightening. Terry, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So I'm, I'm I, first of all, I've been following your feed on Mastodon. I'm trying to get off the bird site because it's, you know, it was always a bit um, rude and and sort of uncouth. But now it's like troll city. So I'm trying to move over to Mastodon more permanently uh old har- old habits are hard to break sometimes though but you're you've mastered it or so it seems well once i figured out where the buttons were it actually i'm i'm not great with new websites um but it i found once i got used to it uh, I, I mean my feeling is it always takes time to learn a new platform and so um yep i put in some time but i didn't find it all that different uh-huh. there's some there's some features that are different but it's true they're really, we don't have the kind of trolls over there. Right. Um, I mean, there are some, but there's ways to get rid of them. Yeah, there are whole, there are whole servers of, you know, Gab, I guess is a whole Nazi server, but you can just block the whole server and yeah, uh, deal with it. Right. No, I, and I'm still, I'm, I'm, um, 
I'm I'm feeling my way around. I'm actually right now trying to fix the um the typo I have on your name. My producer is really oh. <laughs> um sometimes not very um careful with these things. So I you know, I keep threatening to fire her, but you know, she works for the right amount. I'm I'm my producer. So, yeah, you know, so sometimes I just have to cut her a little slack and know that she's juggling a lot of balls. Um, And I thought I fixed it and I screwed one other thing. Okay, I'm fixing it right now. So Terry Kane Field, F-I-E-L-D. I still still got a, you know what? I also have a new computer here. It's here. I got it. It's fixed. Okay, so now that's fixed. Her website, just so you know, terrycanefield.com has all kinds of information there, including your your blog, where you do write a lot of this. Now, you're a lawyer and an author. You've written books and you're covering what's going on um, beautifully. And like, you know, I put up that graphic for a reason because a lot of the corporate media um, outlets are not doing a good job of telling us what's hovering out there around the former guy, threatening, you know, all the, the walls closing in on him. Um, but but you are. So what do you see as the most pressing issue facing Donald Trump today? Oh, <laughs> well, um, sometimes he's just under so much pressure from so many places. And it's hard to think about. Um, I mean, I been told by psychologists that he's not normal. So the kinds of pressure that most people would really not be able to tolerate, he's under. So most people um, under investigation, um, under grand jury investigation for multiple crimes would be um, feeling a, a lot of stress. Um, and he seems to be, it looks like he's melting down, but again, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, and his psychology. <laughs> right. But I can tell you that generally when clients are faced with the kinds of investigations and the kind of pressure that he's facing, um, it's usually uh, pretty difficult to deal with. It's um, very stressful, to say the least, for most people. And yeah. he's got it coming from many, many sides. So um, it seems it's almost like the Dutch boy with the finger in the dike sort of metaphor that if you've got one prosecutor after you, you can say, well, that's a woke liberal hates Trump prosecutor. But when you've got lots of them in lots of different um in lots of different jurisdictions and areas coming at you with different crimes, um, it starts to get a little bit difficult, I would think. But I've been told, and I'm not surprised, um, by people who live in sort of MAGA um country, that as these things are happening, his supporters are coming out really in full force in, in his defense, which is what I expected. I didn't actually expect his support to crater. So it could explain why, you know, he's um, understanding that these prosecutions are actually um, helping him in some ways with his base, which is and, and mind-boggling. In, right? in some ways, we knew that that was going to happen, that, mm-hmm. you know, right. because he's a martyr. He's got, you know, he's, he's a martyr for the cause. It, it's all nonsense. And... You know, I I hope that this will all catch up with him. Now, Terry Canefield, and I just added the E back on your name. <laughs> I fixed it again. Um, on your blog, which is on the website terrycanefield.com, you have a, a, a few, a, a lot of a lot of articles, a, a lot to keep you occupied in reading and catching up on all this. But I found the general fact page very interesting because you have you basically outline. You say here is a partial list of the criminal consequences faced by people in Trump's inner circle since 2017. And it goes on and on. Um, And then you make the statement, 
it's almost as if the Republican Party glorifies lawbreaking. You know, that is such a telling statement because I'm seeing it this weekend. I'm seeing Ted Cruz, not that, you know, you should listen to anything Ted Cruz says, but defending Clarence Thomas and, you know, who we know is guilty of major ethical violations, whether or not there's a law against what he did or not, there should be, and what he did was wrong. Um, But all I'm seeing on the right is people making excuses for crimes and broken laws and norms by their colleagues. Yet, if the Democrats do one thing, oh my God, Hunter Biden had a laptop and it never worked in the government, but, but he should be executed for treason. You know, the, the, the hypocrisy is just stunning. Well, I think the way to understand it, it looks hypocritical if you look at it from our perspective. If you look at it from the perspective that, well, lawbreaking is bad, and if you break the law, that's bad. And so if you break the law, you really shouldn't be calling other people lawbreakers. But if you look at it, you have to... You have to go into an entirely different mindset, which says that um, there's this mindset which says, first off, that all, all of these laws that Trump is breaking shouldn't even exist. So if you think about um, sort of a libertarian or a very far right wing viewpoint, the viewpoint would be that most of these laws, in fact, really all of these laws came about after, say, the 1930s. When we had the New Deal and we have regulatory agencies and all of these things are hap- started happening. Um, which began moving us toward a different kind of government. And they dislike this government. So if you think about it in terms of how we would have felt, say, a terrible analogy, but Martin Luther King Jr. was, was jailed. He did not lose any um, support. In fact, he gained support. And that's because the law that he was breaking was one that we considered very unjust. And so what Trump is doing and what all of them are doing are basically um breaking laws that are um helping with the agenda which is to take down um what they call the, the deep state but the regulatory agencies that developed in the last 50 or 60 years and so there's also a way of thinking that if if you've got this very cynical worldview that you think everybody lies and everybody cheats then the then the game is, well, who's the best liar and who's the best cheater? <laughs> so, and this is what they think. So they think that all of these rules are dumb. Everybody breaks laws. Um, yeah, Biden breaks laws. They all break laws. Trump, they all lie. Everybody lies. Um, but Trump is our liar. He's our lawbreaker. Hillary Clinton and all of those are the other team's lawbreakers. So we're going to get behind our lawbreaker. It's really hard to get into that mindset. Um, but part of the reason why I did that page you're looking at with all the list of all of the mm-hmm. people who have been criminally prosecuted, um, in Trump circle is because what you, what I get a lot on social media, um, and through my blog, the questions I get is there are never any consequences. There's never any accountability. Right. And what that, the reason people say that is because they keep expecting accountability or consequences to have an effect that it doesn't have and it won't have. And so like, well, if you expect normal things to happen as a result of criminal indictments, then when they don't happen, you don't even really notice they happen. So, for example, after Trump was indicted in Manhattan, indicted on a 34 count felony charges, Mm -hmm. um, I still had people coming to me and saying, when is there going to be any accountability? 
where are the indictments? And he's like, well, didn't you notice there was one? <laughs> um, but the reason they don't notice it is because people somehow have this idea that indictments, criminal prosecution is going to do something that it isn't going to do. Now, that's not to say we don't want to do it and it isn't good to do, but it doesn't accomplish the political goals that people think it will. So you're basically you're saying that historically um, uh, the the penalties assessed for certain crimes don't necessarily deter future crimes. Doesn't mean we shouldn't prosecute people for for for. For doing crimes, for for breaking the law, no, but we, and especially we, in government. Well, hold, on. I, hold on, I missed. You said we shouldn't. No, we should. Uh, we must. We must keep. Yes. But right. even though um, they, it doesn't necessarily deter. Right. Look, that's been right. the question about the death penalty. Does it deter people from murdering? Probably not. If you're in the fit of passion and you're going to kill somebody, you're not thinking, "Oh, I could get the death penalty if I'm convicted." That I don't think that goes through anyone's mind. They're not right. worried we, about the punishment. Seen, we've seen the Republican Party. Now, initially, it wasn't really clear. So 2016 is, I think, what's what you call a realignment election, right? There have been a few. It's a 1860, right? Um, Lincoln, 1932, um, Roosevelt, 1980. Um, I distinctly remember sitting in a dorm room and crying when Reagan was elected because I did understand that the coalitions were shifting, and there was another shift in 2016. And if you look at each of these sort of realignment elections, um, what happens with this kind of entire realignment is that different forces are now in charge of the major parties. And so there's all kinds of ways of saying what happened in 2016. But basically what happened is the far right wing extremists took over the party. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't clear initially um, it, because it, and in the realignment. You, you can't always predict what shape this is going to take. And so, for example, when, when, um, when Trump was first say impeached and it was clear that he had done something illegal and wrong, the question at that point was, what was the Republican party going to do? And at that point, the Republican party closed ranks and they defended him. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened with the second impeachment. They closed ranks and defended him. And when that decision was made not to, and there was probably some, um, if you look back at the second impeachment, you could see some wobbling. Were they going to stick by this? And a couple of them didn't. There was, there were some breaks in the ranks and the second one, just not enough. Not enough. And the, and breaks in the rank, but they were cut off from the party now. Mm -hmm. So they didn't. So the party itself closed ranks around Trump. Right. So. That was now, of course, with Nixon, the party didn't close ranks around Nixon. And so the difference, Nixon's crimes were nothing compared to what Trump has done. But the difference is that the party realignment was such that um, the it wasn't tolerated in the party. And once and we've had so many clues now that no matter what it is that Trump does, the party is going to close ranks around him. And so. One of the reasons I started that blog post or that particular post was because people started saying about two years ago, he needs to be indicted because there have to be consequences. I think, okay, <laughs> the, the indictments, it, it's going to take some time because this was very complicated. Mm-hmm. And if there, if the consequences of impeachment and all of these other Manafort, 
um, all of these guys are, and he, the list is quite impressive with how many people in his circle have been prosecuted. And if none of those consequences did anything, what on earth made people completely convinced a year or two ago that indicting Trump was going to change something? But they were persuaded it was going to. And, um, and now indictments are coming in. And of course, the people who want to stick to their, that's their story and they're sticking to it. They say, well, what if it would have happened two years ago, then his support would have crumbled. No, it wouldn't have because the prosecution wasn't ready. So it would have been a very weak case two years mm. ago. You have to gather mm-hmm. evidence. And if the party closed ranks around him during that impeachment, what on earth makes you think they won't? So we're going to have a um, an interesting situation where what's coming up is going to be very interesting because- well- Go ahead. It's all interesting. You know, there's so much going on in the question. And I never look, I, I, I want to see him be indicted. I want to see him be convicted because I want him to be held accountable for his crimes. I'm sick of seeing the Teflon Don. I want him to be like the rest of us, where if you break the law, Mm you, you, can I stop you? Yeah. Can I stop you? Please. Okay. So. Exactly what you're saying is exactly what I'm trying to. Ex- okay, so if you were indicted in Manhattan for 34 crimes, you wouldn't mm-hmm. be going on like life was nothing, right? Okay, he so, is though. Right. right. So when you say he's Teflon, he's not. It's not the fact. It, it's not that there are no consequences and that there haven't been consequences. It's that the reaction is not normal. So when you say, well, when it appears to be Teflon because, because it doesn't matter to the party, it doesn't matter to his support. So if you were indicted, I can tell you, if you were indicted, I've done criminal defense. So I know what happens to normal people. Right. If you were indicted on 34 counts, felony counts, you would be a mess. Yes. I can guarantee it. You would be a mess. Um, you would be, so even these, um, electors who are under investigation in Georgia, the fake electors, they're a mess that this is not something that they can deal with well in their lives. It's stressful. It's very, very difficult. And so all of the things that a normal person would crumble and also a normal candidate for a normal party would crumble. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. And that's what makes people think that there's no consequences. There are. They have well, he hasn't been convicted of anything yet, and he hasn't even gone to court. The closest is what's happening right now. The E. Jean Carroll case, which, you know, you can look at the body of investigations into Trump and say that's the least consequential of them. Not, not to E. Jean Carroll and not to any rape victims. He, you know, I want him to be held accountable for this as well. But the other Things that he's charged with January 6th, inciting an insurrection, uh, taking classified documents from the White House. And I don't care how the right tries to spin it. Yeah, Joe Biden had a couple. Um, maybe uh, Mike Pence had a few. Um, apparently, there's a lot of overclassification and things happen. But Trump had hundreds of them. And now we know that after the subpoenas, after the search, and it wasn't a raid, it was a search, it was a a search warrant executed lawfully, um, he ordered stuff moved. So he was trying to hide it. We know that. Um, He is flagrantly thumbing his nose at the law and the American people. And I want to see him. I want to see him 
in court. Not like this E. Jean Carroll thing where he doesn't have to show up. I want to see him in court. So here's my next question for you, Terry, and I think I know where you're going. Um, Do you think that Merrick Garland is really prepping an amazing case uh, around January 6th with with, um, uh, the special counsel that that Donald Trump may be finally held accountable for his crimes? Or do you think that won't happen? Okay, well, I... I can't decide whether to answer your question or to pick on your question. <laughs> you can do both. <laughs> um, you can so, pick on the question. Go tell me what I got okay, wrong. Okay, I can do. Yeah. I can do both. Um, so part of the reason I have an issue with will he finally be held accountable is for all the reasons that I was telling you. That for most people, what happened would there. It, I, um, I find that. Um, I I think no matter what happens, you'll be saying the same thing. It doesn't matter if he's in court. It doesn't matter if he's convicted. I believe that um, the people who are saying there are never any consequences, there's nothing, no matter what it is, it won't, you won't feel like there's consequences. And the reason is, okay, so what's going to happen in this? And, and the reason I know that is in meltdown, people I had over, over Dominion winning this lawsuit against Fox and people say, well, but all they, they didn't have to apologize. The they didn't have to admit right, on the not, air what happened, which, right. but that doesn't mean that they, so, um, so let's say that, um, this jury returns a verdict that yes, Trump raped, um, raped, um, E. Jean Carroll, right. Carroll. And that yes, he defamed her and he was, he's a lying scumbag. That's likely because this is a civil, trial. So it's not a criminal standard burden of proof. Right. So this is just a preponderance of the evidence. And, um, and given what I've seen, it would be very, very unlikely for this jury not to return, um, a verdict in her favor. Okay. So what's going to happen? He's not going to go to jail. No, no, he will not go to jail, but this, this never did have a jail term because it's not a criminal case, civil case. He will have to hopefully have to pay her a lot of money. Right. But no matter how much he has to pay her, Tomorrow, people will be saying there are never any consequences. Yep, that's true. Because, because it will feel like that. And, um, and the other part of it too. So here's how I know that. Um, so there are never any consequences. Okay. Well, Manafort was convicted and went to jail, but, 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 mm-hmm. but, but he was pardoned. So he wasn't there very long. Ugh. Okay. But he right. was <laughs> That's a really horrible place to be. Um, Weisberg is in, is in Rikers. Yeah. yeah but it's only five months. Well, he's he's 79 years old. Uh, That's a that's a life sentence. I'm surprised he's still there. And Rikers is a horrible, horrible, horrible place. So here's my theory about why you feel like there are no consequences. So I believe that even even if Trump went to Rikers for five months, everybody's going to be saying there's no consequences. Oh, I'd love to see Trump and Rikers for five months. Right. But the next day, people (laughs) are going to be saying, yeah, but it. So it was too short. Um, but the thing so, is, he'll never serve a day in jail because he's a former president. And there's secret. Ser- what with Secret Service going to be in jail with him? Yeah, there's a way there would be a way to do it. But right. I mean, that's one of the issues is that the statute which gives him Secret Service protection, there's no um, exception for, well, if you have to go to jail, you don't right. get your Secret <laughs> Service because and you can't go back and and revise that statute now that Trump is in trouble. You just can't do that. That's retrospective. Can't do that. Right. Um, I mean, there are ways, but that's what, no matter what happens, nobody's going to be happy. So here's my theory about why that is. Mm-hmm. So in the old days, um, 18th century, um, when justice was very crude and we had stocks and we, people threw rotten tomatoes. And so it was very swift. Um, in fact, um, one of the problems was it was very swift. 
Um, so you could go from being accused of something to hanging from a tree pretty quickly, especially if you're a black man. Of course. So it's very swift. Um, and so in a New England village, um, you were accused of a crime. Very quickly, very, very quickly, you were put in stocks and your pain is there for everybody in the village to see and they can throw rotten tomatoes at you. And um, so in my view, okay, well, things are a lot more civilized now. I'm a, you know, as a criminal defense lawyer, I said things are a lot more civilized. We have procedures, you know, we don't just like throw rotten tomatoes at people um, and we don't just hang them up from trees without due process. Um, but there was something satisfying about that. Mm-hmm. And now we don't see the pain and, um, and we don't, and it, it's not instant. And so, um, so I do think that cases are being put together. And if you want to send your readers to my website, I made a tab that says investigations at the top. And I put all three timelines on there. So you can see for yourself what because I've chrono- I put everything in there. Mm-hmm. Um, most recently, Tense testified for 11 hours in the January 6th. Yes, he did. Now, we don't know what this just happened, what, on Friday or something. So mm-hmm. we don't know what he said or didn't say, but he was there for how many hours? Seven. Oh, and seven. That is a very, for a, a grand jury that's a, that's proceeding, a- it's not like a regular trial. So seven hours is a long time. So we can see that what we can see are what these prosecutors, what the part that's visible. So from what we can see, it appears there's very strong evidence to indicate that um, in these three investigations going on, the stolen documents, the January 6th and the Georgia investigation, from what we can see just from the facts, if you look at the facts, then it's hard to avoid the conclusion from these facts that these prosecutors are very seriously putting a case together. Um, but again, um, it's a long way from indictment to verdict. Mm-hmm. And then even then, um, it's never, it, it, it probably won't crater his support. And it might even increase his support, which is going to make people feel like it isn't enough. And that it, it will never feel like enough because we're not, we're not in the range of normal here. We're not dealing with a normal political party that is behaving as if they want a, to live in a rule of law society. So they're. I hear it's you, but then what, what, what is the answer then? So we have seen, you know, despite Trump and his supporters say, Oh, this, we're a third world country. This is, this is a banana republic. Because we're prosecuting a former president, you know, look at Israel. Netanyahu is under indictment. He got reelected inconceivably. That could happen here. I want to make sure people aren't so comfortable thinking, oh, there's no way Trump can get reelected. Yeah, he can, because that element has taken over Israel, too. And there are a lot of parallels there. And so it can happen. It's not a banana republic. Most countries do prosecute former leaders when actually, they break add, the law. Yeah. Can I add that our, the Constitution actually anticipates this? Mm-hmm. So the, the, the impeachment and removal clause of the Constitution makes very clear that while impeachment and removal is not a criminal proceeding, um, after removal from office or after the um, president leaves office, the president is subject to the same criminal procedures as anybody else. That's actually in the Constitution. But and we're so, not acting that way. 
Well, who's not? We, we, mean we society. I mean, look, anybody else um, uh, who could get up and incite. Look, Mike, Mike Flynn was. I don't know. I don't. I don't know this. Where we are on his case, we ha- we have had people arrested and even convicted. Although Trump pardoned some of them, um, we're seeing all these January sixth defendants getting convicted, and many of them getting serious jail time. But the guy at the top, and and I think we're seeing a lot of evidence that he directed this. That we're we're hearing testimony from some of these people who did storm the Capitol that day, that they did it because Donald Trump told them to come and do it. Okay, if so it, you're aware, are you, you're aware that there's a Proud Boy trial going on right I now, I am, right? I am. Okay, so here's, here's the thing, here's what's, um, so the way these investigations work is that they start, what they do is they start, you can talk about a ladder, they start with the easy pickings. Right. So it's always easier to convict, to prosecute somebody who's in the Capitol building creating chaos Mm -hmm. because they've trespassed. They're destroying property. Okay, so it's always easy to get them. So the way these investigations work is you start there and you work your way up. And the further up the ladder you go, the harder it is because um, they're not filming themselves priming. Um, So what's happening interesting right now is, first off, we've got the first convictions for something called seditious conspiracy Mm -hmm. last fall. Um, and now there is another trial, and the most significant part of this trial is that one of the defendants, um, Perio, I believe, was not at the Capitol during the attack. He was part of the planning, but he was not at the Capitol. And he is on trial for seditious conspiracy. And what you have to understand is that this is a very difficult thing to do. It's very difficult to convict somebody of a crime when they weren't there. Um, it's possible, but it's harder because you have to have evidence beyond a reasonable doubt that he's responsible for a crime when he wasn't there. Now, if Perio is convicted of um, seditious conspiracy, which is the closest crime we actually have to treason, then it begins to set the stage for moving further. You don't bring Trump first and then test to see whether you can get what you don't start at the top. That wouldn't make any sense at all. You have to build up and get the end. Part of the reason you build up is because you get cooperating witnesses who then give information. So if you are the kind of person who you don't use text or email and you don't write letters <laughs> and you, and you know how to protect yourself, you, the only way to, the only way to get, um, the Don is if the people around him will flip on him. And so if you immediately go arrest Trump and try to convict and try to put him on trial for committing crimes when he wasn't there, you have a very difficult task because the First Amendment, many of the things that he said are protected by the First Amendment. But so, but, but but let me, I'm playing devil's advocate here just because mm-hmm. I have to. A couple of things. One is Yes, First Amendment is protected, but it doesn't let you say anything. It doesn't let you uh, scream fire in a crowded theater. Yes, it does. It, oh, does? Yes, it does. It, it does. does. It does. Mm-hmm. So, so what's not protected? Because I know well, not everything is protected. Actually, and that's actually a kind of a cliche that First Amendment lawyers will like go nuts if you say you can't. You de- definitely can. In fact, one First Amendment lawyer I know says it's a it's the fire in the crowded theater is a power move if you want the first row seat. Um. So Who wants the first actually, row seat in the theater? 
Yeah. Then you say, well, okay. So he's joking, but okay. it's okay. So here's what, here's the standard for when the standard for when language incites an insurrection is given in a case called, and I'm going to forget it's, uh, oh gosh, Sullivan versus <laughs> New York Times coming. The wrong case is coming to my head. It's a Ku Klux Klan. The, the guy who was convicted was, um, he was convicted, uh, as a Klansman and he was at a, rally and he was talking about why we need to go do violence and he was literally saying go do violence yeah the court said no mm -mm, can't get him on that it has to be so the the standard for incitement is very very high um it's possible that and at the time that trump right after the insurrection what a lot of lawyers myself um a lot of lawyers are doing is looking at Trump's speech at the speech. And if you print out the speech, you'll see that it's not as easy as you think it is to take that speech and call it incitement. Well, because um, he, he ad libs, he, it wasn't all scripted for him. The words he right. added in are, are the incitement part. Right. But also it's, but also he said, be peaceful. So the, even though we know he didn't mean it. So here's the point that I'm making. The point that I'm making is that under the standards for when speech is incitement, mm -hmm. it's possible that you could have gotten a jury conviction based on that speech, but it's very likely you wouldn't have. But it, so, let, let, let me let me wait, pause wait, wait, it. it. Okay, go ahead. go ahead. So so what? So what the beat the chest? I'm a tough guy. Former prosecutor saying oh, I'd I'd be able to do it. Arrest him. I'd be able to get a conviction, but very likely you wouldn't. And so, or, or let's just say it's possible you wouldn't. Because it's very hard standard and there was enough wiggle room in what he said. Um, but okay, did he incite that inspection? Of course he did. Proving it in, in a criminal court where evidence is very regimented, what you can allow in is, is a lot more difficult. So what smart prosecutors do is they build a very solid case before they bring, um, before they bring the charges. We have a thing called double jeopardy. So if you would have hauled off and arrested the guys at the top, right, and you get it, and you don't a, have the case built, you can't retry them. I, you can't. I get that, right? So the case, the so we've been. If you want, if you look at my back where I listed everything that's been happening, um, right now this trial happening is very very important. Also, there's an issue on appeal that's very important. But this is very important because um, if you can get, to, there's a lot more evidence against this proud boy than there is against, I mean, there's a lot more solid evidence against mm -hmm. Terry, but he wasn't there. Now the last, the last um, trial for seditious conspiracy in the fall was the Oath Keepers. Two of them were convicted of seditious conspiracy, but the others weren't. Right. The others had other felony convictions. So the point here is it's really hard to get some of these convictions. Um, and so if you were the DOJ, would you want Trump to be your test case or would you want to, start lower and test it with easier cases and get people. Um, so I guess Donahue, one of the um, Proud Boys um, in this bunch on trial right now, actually um, pleaded guilty and turned over evidence to the prosecution. And so um, that's, I believe, how they got a lot of the evidence they're using, um, which was some like encrypted chats and stuff like that that are, are even with a search warrant, hard to get to. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the, if they get these guys, it's because one of their colleagues flipped on them. Right.
and that's so, how it that's how it goes up up the ladder and hopefully you know enough people Mike Pence could have flipped on Donald Trump my whole fear my point from just observing things and maybe I'm wrong but the impression and perception is reality you know is that if some poor schmuck did the same things that Donald Trump did, they'd be rotting in jail right now. But somebody with a lot of money gets off. Uh, it happens every time. Nicole. The people with money can buy uh, the system Nicole. and get away with murder. Nicole, yes. I can't believe we're having this conversation. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you what you should do. Yes. Take Trump's speech. Mm-hmm. I don't care about his out, speech. No. Print it out and go read it in a park. I, I, I never in a million years would I want to do that. Right. But what I'm saying is that it's. But um, I didn't tell people to come to the Capitol and go fight for this country or you're not going to have a country. Right. But nobody's going to listen to you. Right. But they listen to him. Right. So this is why only a president with the kind of power he has could do this. So when you say if anybody else did it. They'd be in jail, but nobody else can do it. So, so, so there's no person. Seriously, so, and it's it's not money that's protecting him right now. Um, He is under indictment, and money is not protecting him. So, um, and also, also as a former public defender, I always bristle when people say, um, "Look at the quality of lawyers he's getting. Money doesn't buy it for you." Um, but or his lawyers are actually quite embarrassing because nobody will work with him because he doesn't pay them because he has a reputation for being exactly who he is and lawyers should shun him I would and you're saying he deserves a defense because everybody deserves a defense but lawyers also are able to turn down a job Mm -hmm. one if they don't believe or trust the client I would think two if they know they're not going to get paid Right. Mm-hmm. Right. This is, but this is also a very, very highly a high visibility case. So I could see somebody wanting to wanting the visibility. But right. yeah, it's it's kind of cuckoo. Also, he he directs his lawyers. Yeah, he would be a nightmare client. Oh God, I, I, I can't imagine who would represent him. But sort of my point here is that the only way that he was able to do what he did is because of his position and his power. So. Um, because go to the Capitol and create violence. Like people- no, so basically, if you're a former president, if you're, sorry, rich and powerful enough, you can do what you want and you will not be held accountable. Oh, Nicole, if you're saying that after this whole conversation, I think I'm just going to, that just. I'm sorry. Are, I are can't, we live? I, we are, we are live? live. We absolutely are live. And I'm letting you say everything. I'm just yeah. telling you as an educated adult older woman who's lived through this, who's seen it over and okay, over so, and over again. All right. So here's how I want to close. Okay. I want to say to your readers, um, I can't keep arguing this. I just can't. It just, it goes in circles. So um, if you are inclined to agree with Nicole, then all I can say is go to my blog mm-hmm. and I have an FAQ. Um, I have actually, there's uh, four pages to look at, but the first page would be, um, the general um, FAQ about the DOJ investigation into the January 6th. That's the big one. There's also an FAQ where I take questions like there's never any accountability. And if I did the same thing Trump did, I'd be in jail. And all, almost everything Nicole's been saying, I have it listed out on a website mm-hmm. with a response to it. Um, 
And um, it's, it's all there, you know, my answers to it. And um, that's because otherwise we're just kind of going I hear you. No, and I, I encourage people to go and read it. You've done, look, you come from a place, you know, the law. You're, you've been, a, you are a lawyer. You've tried cases. You're an author. You've written about all this. You come to it with a very different um, uh, fact set and knowledge base than I have. And I can't help my, see, Tamara said, I'm 65, been watching the same crap since Nixon. Every time, and I know it's not every time, but Tell almost every time. Because go, absolutely, go read. And here's the, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. It isn't going away. So we've, it's not going to stop. Okay, so we can draw a direct line. Okay, we had enslavers. Mm-hmm. We had enslavers who controlled um, in the time of slavery. And I'm going to get this. This number comes from Heather Cox Richardson in her book, How the South Won the Civil War. Okay. So um, I think it was 2% of the population controlled like 90% of the government, whatever it is. Um, I have it somewhere in my blog. So in the, t- in the time of slavery, enslavement, we had a few people with all the power and it was to say things weren't fair would be sort of an understatement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we had then the age of sort of robber barons where very, very wealthy people controlled entirely the government. This was before the New Deal. Okay, so these political psychologists tell us that there's about 30, 35% of the population that has what we call an authoritarian personality. Mm-hmm. And they will never be happy in a liberal democracy. They will never be happy. They will never conform to a liberal democracy. Now, in the time of the of the westward expansion, the people who couldn't conform went out west, right? And so there was a place, and colonialism was a little bit like that too, in England, people who couldn't conform to rule of law, they had a place to go. Well, there's no more places to go, so we're stuck with them. So they're the same, you can draw a line, the people who embrace slavery, the people who believed that women belonged in the home, the people who believed that racial segregation was a good thing, these you don't get rid of them and they're never going to conform to a liberal democracy. They're never going to obey the laws. They're never going to say, Oh, let's all go home and learn to love liberal democracy. They're going to keep fighting and they're going to keep trying to undermine what we have. And so the idea that somehow something is going to happen, which is going to put an end to this and oh, all of a sudden everybody's going to conform or everybody's going to agree it, it won't i i as don't think it will either i don't right. think so that that's why holding, it's the same old crap right i that's don't think that holding donald trump accountable will make sure that no politician in the future pulls the same shit that he's been doing and someone will of course fact, they will but uh, but fact, that doesn't they're going to do it better because he taught them how of course but donald trump should still be held accountable he shouldn't be able to get away with this shit that's okay, my so- point so, you know, when he's in, you know, in jail, he would still have his First Amendment rights. Of course. Okay. So how are you going to stop him? Well, put it, make, confine him. Put him God. under house arrest with an ankle monitor. Donald Trump, you have to stay in that, that gaudy gold plated right. palace still, that you built. He still has his First Amendment rights. Although, and- if you're in jail, I don't think you can go on the internet and post freely, can you? Right. But you can have an awful lot of influence. I'd like to direct you to a letter from Birmingham jail. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let him the, write a letter. Let him write it longhand. Uh-huh. Good but luck. It, it, can, it can also, he can write a letter that can also incite. 
That's from true. Prison. But let so, him let him be locked up. Let, don't. I mean, it's like the people saying, you, "Look, the people are going to lawbreakers are going to shoot guns no matter what. So why bother having laws against guns?" I, I never said don't lock. No, them up. you didn't. But I'm saying that something needs to be done. I'm not saying right. it's to deter anybody else from doing this. But I'm, I'm saying, saying what? you do something. I'm, put him under okay. house arrest. But I want I'm him saying, not to be able to go to Mar-a-Lago. Right. Okay. But that's not going to do. Okay. I want all those things too, but it's not going to, it's not going to prevent him from inciting. No, but it might help a little bit because he can't go out on the street and have another rally. He can't go to, 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 to Waco, Texas. And thank God he probably didn't even know what happened at Waco. Somebody else set the date there and thought it would be a thing. But Trump is such an idiot. He had no clue what went on there. I firmly believe that. Um, but it just don't give him the opportunity to do that. Yeah, he can write letters. Go you knock yourself out, Donald. Write letters. I don't want him on the streets. That's just me. No, and I'm I'm totally with you. <laughs> I'm so totally we agree. <laughs> we yeah, agree. I I just I just think that the you know I've been watching the same crap, you know, and you will you will watch it, and it's it's probably going to get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason it's going to get worse is because also if you look at um, if you think about the United States as a democracy as a representative democracy. When we were founded, it was a, a representative democracy, but only a very small percentage of people were represented. And it wasn't until the civil rights movement, it wasn't until the women's rights movement that for the very first time, we began moving toward a true multiracial liberal democracy where everybody's represented. This is very, very recent in our history. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is as we push forward, as you have a female uh, vice president like Kamala Harris, um, a black president like like Obama, and as more we have uh, a few black prosecutors, um, one particularly after Trump. Um, once you have these things happening, as you're for the first time moving toward a true racial democracy, a true multiracial democracy, then that's when these elements are going to get angrier and fiercer and more determined. And the, I think the best way to look at this is it's a long-term problem. It's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. There are no easy fixes. And um, they all sort of shut up during the era of um, racial segregation. because So after the Civil War, it looked like we might move toward a true multiracial <laughs> democracy. But there's a lot of pushback, including the Supreme Court saying racial segregation was not unconstitutional. So all of a sudden, um, there was this period where some people say, oh, well, the parties got along, 1940, 1950. Um, the parties would have got along. But that's because neither party was advocating civil rights or racial equality. That didn't happen until the Democrats took on civil rights, mm-hmm. right, in, this, in the 50s and 60s. So, um, so the way to see it in the long term is that as long as as we push toward this goal that, that we're pushing toward as hard as we can, there's fierce, fierce pushback. And um, this fierce pushback will continue. Um, yes, I was thrilled to see Trump um, indicted in New York. I was disappointed that it was so, such a limited indictment because I think there's still some more that should be coming. Mm-hmm. And um, I would like to know when Fannie Willis is going to bring her indictment. That looks like it's imminent. 
Um, so I'm, but she, did you see she got a, she got an extension on the phony electors case? I don't know if, if that will preclude her from bringing this indictment first or that's something separate. No, I think that if I saw that correctly, um, I just, the, um, what she has a, an extension on doing is, um, making the, uh, report public. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, So that is different. Um, and she's trying to get uh, some lawyers just, you know, taken off the case, but I think that's different. She, she gave the date. Um, so I'm as thrilled as anybody else to see Donald Trump, you know, in trouble with the law. And, um, and when I, I don't try to predict what's going to happen, but like I said, if you go look at the list I made, it's hard to avoid the conclusion that these prosecutors are, are putting something together and they have been working on this for a while. Um, but at the same time, I think um, it's really, really important that we see the overarching problem as something that cannot be solved by the criminal justice system. Right. Right. No, our society is broken. We have people who just deny reality. Um, and it was it used to be a problem years ago, and it's only gotten worse to where, you know, you present facts and they go, well, I don't believe you. That's not true. And they state things as fact that are total fiction, like, you know, Democrats eat children I love that one. They believe it. We eat children and we have abortions on demand up until and after the moment of birth. Okay, Where so they- I'm stop you there. So I think you said in there that it's gotten worse. It seems to have. Okay, so during the era of slavery, um, there was what was passed off as truth was that African Americans don't feel the same amount of pain. They're not here. So I say no, it hasn't gotten worse. Um, it hasn't gotten, I mean, there's a, there is a constant that there are always these people who don't, are not, um, they will accept these facts, facts that conform to their worldview. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so if you want to, it, abortion, the abortion issue is really about controlling women. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you really, really believe that women should not be in control and that they should be having babies and barefoot in the, you know, in the kitchen and all that, then um, you're willing to accept as true things that are preposterous. Um, now, so, some people know these are lies and some people believe that they're lies, but there are people putting these, this nonsense forward that they know they're lies. And all you have to do is look at um, sort of the history of propaganda. To know that some of this, it's, it's like what, um, what was her name? The press secretary for Trump, who was married to Conway, uh, Kellyanne. When, when Kellyanne said alternate facts, you know, like they know they're lying and they are lying for a purpose because lying destroys. And so, there, I'm sure that there were people who knew that African Americans were not really genetically inferior, but they would repeat this hmm. because this is the this keeps the culture ordered and the patriarchy in place. So, um, so the, I think there's a, a similarity between the lies about abortion and the and the racial lies um, that were prevalent in the 19th century because all of what these lies do is they conform to a worldview, which is essentially anti-democratic. Mm-hmm. Uh, either, whatever, we're, we're, we're just not, nothing's being fixed. We know that things seem to be getting more uh, divided. 
um, uh, I don't see us coming together, even though all the, you know, that that's the word out there. We, we've got to come together. We, we do better di- divided, united we stand, <laughs> divided we fall. We're, we're divided, and I don't see us getting any closer anytime soon. So uh, I don't know what the answer is. The answer is to outvote them. That's Out, the there answer. you go. All right. That's that, the only answer. Yeah, that's there's it. more there's more people who do want democracy. Mm-hmm. Um the the democratic side tends to um they tend not to fall in line, you know. And so so on the pro democratic side there tends to be more like infighting and mm-hmm. um where this okay, let me put it another way. The 30, 35, 40% that are anti democratic, they punch above their weight. Right. Because yeah. they, so they, so there are more of us. But they're louder. They, I'm sorry. They, they're louder. They make more they're noise. And they stay in line better. They, mm-hmm. they, they stay in line. And so, um, so there's, so the solution, the only solution is while we can to keep outvoting them. And, um, and certain, the gerrymandering is very alarming. Um, you can't gerrymander the Senate. Um, because that's statewide elections. And so, yeah, the, except you got the Senate where you have, you know, senators, two from each state that have, you know, and that was the same five advantage people. The confeder- right. right. The Confederacy had that same advantage. Right. So, um, so the solution is there's, there will never be unity in the sense that the, the people who are racial, racial, racist and anti-democratic are never going to suddenly they're not going to go home and say, oh, yeah, let's just like learn to love liberal democracy. Right. They're, they're never going to accept it. So the only real solution is to accept them as sort of a permanent problem, a, a fixture. Um, thing about democracy is that as soon as when you have a democracy contained in that democracy, there are people who don't want who, who don't tolerate democracy. And so outvoting them is the only solution. Gotcha. And um, so that's what we need to do. <laughs> so do it. That If only it were that simple, right? Terry Canefield, I got to run. We're, we're like 15 minutes into yeah. overtime. Oh Thank goodness. you for yeah. hanging. Thank you for staying because I, I, this is an important conversation. Um, and and I, I hope people do go to terrycanefield.com. Read the blog. She's got Tons of information and documentation there, and it's all oh, laid out beautifully. Yeah. If you leave me a comment, try not to yell at me. <laughs> Don't yell. <laughs> I did enough then. Right. You know, ask, ask, if you have a question, ask nicely. There I, you I, go. I get yelled at a lot, and sometimes. <laughs> Uh, that's the way of the world today. Unfortunately, we don't talk to each other. We talk at each other. Um, it's it's kind of sad. <clears throat> that's when I turn off the news and I go listen to music, which I'm about to do now. Uh, Terry Canefield, thank you, thank you for putting up with all my questions and my opinions because I got lots of them. Um, really appreciate it. All right, thank you for all coming right, thank on. You. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Uh, and with that, we're done for today. Uh, and Gregory's calling back. All right. All right, Gregory. <laughs> Hi, Gregory. Hi, Nicole. How you doing? Okay. I just got a, a wonderful announcement. Yeah. My, yep. My sister got promoted to run a, a region to uh, Illinois. Yeah. 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 I'm happy. She, what did she do? <laughs> uh, uh, residential house. Okay, so she got promoted. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah. 
Okay, I yeah, thought you were going to call thing. about the interview with Terry and tell me what I got wrong. Or oh whatever. no, that was beautiful. It was beautiful, <laughs> but like, like in the middle of it, in the middle of it, she called and she's like, "I can't breathe. I can't breathe." And I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> I run down but the in a, for a good yeah. reason. It's a good. When I hear "I can't breathe," I think George Floyd. I think you know. Oh no, no, no! It wasn't one okay, of those. But good. I, you know, yeah. I, I didn't know better. I didn't know better. Yeah, no. When you say I can't breathe, that 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 brings up bad memories. So this is a good thing. Yeah. Glad to hear. Yeah, this is a good one. This <laughs> All, right. Is a good one. <laughs> All right, Greg. Well, thank you for giving us a, a positive to end on today. Okay, thank okay. you. Love y'all. Right. You too. Bye bye. All right, and with that, we're done. And I'm not going to end with what's news because I'm not doing what's news anymore. Um, um. So with that, we're done. I have no idea what we're doing tomorrow. Tomorrow might be a day just to continue this conversation with us. You know, somebody after last week when I had the problem with, you know, the equipment and everything said, why don't you just, you know, just come on and you take phone calls. Because when I try to do that, you guys don't call. You call when I don't need calls. When I do want calls, (laughs) you don't call. It's crickets. So I can't count on you. But to whoever made that suggestion, I expect to hear from you tomorrow. All right, with that, we're done. We're only 20 minutes late, but that's okay because we can do that. Uh, I will, um, I'll see you tomorrow. Rain or shine or snow or, you know, whatever. See you tomorrow, everyone. Bye.